from the I don't know what to say. I'm just speechless. To the We see all sorts of life-changing moments at McKinney competitions. How would you react? Cars, houses, tech bundles and more from just £2 a ticket. No purchase necessary. For competitions, rules and conditions, see McKinneyCompetitions.com. We had an audition for who was going to get chosen for an instrument and I went into the room and um, the teacher said, there's a space in the orchestra for a French horn. If you pick up the French horn, you'll get into the orchestra straight away. I was like, that was it, sold. There was one student I had in particular who had a really um, a really bad speech impediment. And whenever um, we started singing, it went away. So Sophie, she auditioned um, amongst 5,000 other people for junior year audition. At first it was a, a tape audition, and then she went down through all the rounds and she made it right through to the final three yeah. um, to represent Ireland. And um, she was fabulous, absolutely fabulous. At the end of a normal concert, they would bring up a gift or flowers and they brought that to the door for the virtual concert. And I was so touched by that. Aww, I was like, lovely. oh my goodness, they were, oh, they're so thoughtful. They really were. And they stood outside in the rain and cheered and they were so excited for this virtual concert. And it was a huge success and the concert raised 5,000 pounds. That was the voice of Fiona Flynn, owner of Flynn Performing Arts, who's here today to tell us all about her hugely successful school um, that she opened just six years ago. Fiona loves her job and the kids seem to love her teaching style as well. One of her students, Sophie Lennon, has just made her West End debut over in London. Um, she also was a finalist in the Junior Eurovision Song Contest to represent Ireland. But Fiona is equally proud of all of her students, no matter what their ability or their achievements. It's all about having fun. They've put on some fantastic shows over the years and even had a virtual one this year, which she tells us all about, as well as all of the other things that she's been up to and how she got where she is today. This is your host, Elaine Ingram, and here's Fiona now. So I'm here with Fiona Flynn from Flynn Performing Arts and um, it's lovely to meet you. Thanks very much Elaine, thanks for having me. Well I'm delighted to have you and it's because, um, especially because of the amount of huge success your um, your studio, your, your, your school has had over the years. I mean you're only around what six years is it? Yes we formed in 2015 and I am so proud of all the students and their successes but it's all down to their own hard work and um, it does your heart good to see the enjoyment that they get out of it and it's not just about the success you know on the West End stage or whatever platform it's every child's success story is different and if they're enjoying their lessons from week to week and they're improving their confidence that is what it's all about so as long as they're enjoying it it makes me a happy teacher yeah well, you so you're 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 very young like to have this, this kind old of enough. <laughs> I believe you just had a baby recently. I have. I have a one-year-old who has started her terrible twos a bit early. Um, <laughs> and they go on for more than a year, by the way. Just oh, great. You know. <laughs> I have it all ahead of me. Yeah, um, I have a wee girl, Annie, and she's 20 months now. So uh, she was born just two, three weeks before the first lockdown. So wow. for us, actually, it was a really good time because I got maternity leave at home and time with Annie that I never would have had. Yeah. So we really have enjoyed our time with her. 
and now things are all starting to pick back up again but Annie's just fitting into our routine nicely yeah. and uh, she loves to sing and play the piano too so oh, she plays the piano already <laughs> oh my goodness she runs down the hall mommy's working mommy's working and she likes to um play the piano and show the students what she can do <laughs> <laughs> now I have to ask you Annie the name does it come from Annie? As in, no. Was there any connection there at all? There is. Not is Annie your, the Musical. No. no. Nothing. Um, wasn't we, like I love that name. No, we couldn't decide on a name. <laughs> and because I, I have so many pupils and my husband, Richie, is involved very heavily in the football. And we were trying to think of a name that wasn't associated with anybody that we work with. So I don't have any Annies. Well, I do have an Annie pupil now. Right. But I didn't whenever I had... Well, it is um, an unusual name. It's not a name you hear that much these days. Yeah. Um, it was just... I wanted a name that um, there wasn't going to be lots of in our primary school class or anything like that. And my dad's granny, she was Annie. And she's um, Annie May. So she's named after my grandmother who died on Christmas Eve just before Annie was born. So oh, that's where, well, that's that's where the name comes from. Nice, yeah. So I was thinking, oh my goodness, if she has red hair and she can sing, I've got to have... <laughs> A real singing stage, Annie. But you yourself now, Fiona, you um, how did you how did you get involved in, in? I assume it was from when you were a child. It was so. My granddad lived in Cargan in Tunbridge, and every Sunday we went up in the car to visit him. And my mom and my sister also was musical. My brother's not so musical, but in the car we would sing rounds, and you know, mommy would start row, row, row your boat, and then I would start a bit later. Oh, we used to do that in the car as well. Yeah, that must have been a thing. It must row, have been row, a row thing. Your boat, yeah. The whole way from Uri to Tunbridge, so a good what is an hour and twenty minutes, and we sang the whole way up and down in the car, and then I think mom just realised maybe they well we enjoyed it anyway. Maybe they do have talent, and um, mom inquired about getting a singing teacher just locally, and. I went to an absolutely amazing girl, Kathy O'Connor, in Uri, and um, I started lessons. And five years old, I was up singing in Warm Point Fish, and uh, my very first competition, as such, was um, Carrie Crumpen <laughs> Football Club, where my dad is now the chairman. Right. They had a, a talent show in the summer. You know, they have a I don't know what is a summer fun day thing, and. I got up and I performed the boys from the county Armagh and right. the Green Glens of Antrim that mommy had taught me in the car. So um, that was it. I'd just bitten the stage bug then. And uh, yeah, I did sing in essence and went through the grades and different festivals and fetches and things like that. And um, when it came to, I was doing my A-levels in school, deciding what are you going to do? What school did you go to then? I went to the Sacred Heart. The Sacred Heart. Yeah. And... Um, I have I've been in the school choirs the whole way through with Alison Goss in, in St Ronan's and then with Damien Frame in the Sacred Heart and the music and the drama and all the tuition from Sacred Heart was absolutely incredible and that just continued my love of music. Um, I couldn't decide what I wanted to go and do in university and actuary was quite high on the list. Right. And the actuary? Actuary. Right, that's so it's kind of like an insurance claim. Yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of like a car out of the... Very, very yeah, far removed the opposite from music. Scale, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so my uh, levels were kind of a mixed bag. It was music, Irish, business studies, and maths. Right. Um, so that's probably a reflection on. I really didn't have a clue what I wanted to do. <laughs> a little bit of everything. A little bit of everything. So it came down to the day we had to confirm our UCAS choices, and my first choice was sitting with actuary, and my second choice was music. And before I clicked that confirm button, I changed my mind. And I went to the careers teacher and I said, I want to switch my choices. And first was music 
and second was actuary. And I am so glad yeah, that that I mean, is what I, I did. Um, I, ca- I, I can't imagine my life now being behind a desk, you know, from nine to five. And that is for some people, but just not for me. Yeah. And I love the job that I have now. And I kind of just found my own path. Um, went to Queen's University and did a BMUS. And I graduated from there and went to the Royal Irish Academy of Music in Dublin to continue um, in, I did a postgrad diploma in performance and teaching because I wasn't sure still that route. Do I want to do the performance? Do I want to do teaching? And well, it's a rough road to the performance because, and I know you do performance. I well, do. Yes, we'll get, we'll get yeah. to that afterwards. But um, <laughs> it, it, that decision would be very, a very important one because, um, you know, p- performing is one thing because it's a very precarious sort of, you know, career. Yes. Whereas teaching, you're kind of, you know, once you get in there, you're guaranteed an income, basically, you know. Yes, like no, absolutely. Bread, bread and butter anyway, you know, so. Yeah, so the plan was always, obviously, to be able to support myself and um, I wanted to be able to have family and Richie, my husband, was very much on the scene even back then. So was, he's yeah. been on the scene since first year of university. Really? Yeah, so oh. a long, long time. And, well, um, it's not that long, you're not that <laughs> Well, it took him 10 years now to pop the question, so I just wanted to make sure that he was sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was a big part of my decision when I did that postgrad in in Dublin. It was in performance and also teaching, so I wanted to have, you know, be educated in both ways. Yeah. It was a really good course. It was, you know, learning um, not just about vocal teaching, but actually teaching children with special needs and, you know, anything else like ch- teaching children with dyslexia or dyspraxia and how I think the problems that they come across and how I would overcome that as a teacher or help them yeah so it was that on top of the vocal performance and opera classes and language classes so did you do a language at all or uh, not a language you just because you said that <coughs> language you're did you play an instrument at all or was I did. it just yes piano I, was it I played the piano but I also played the French horn Okay. Very badly. Oh my goodness. Damien Frame in the school orchestra. He used to point at me. This is your big moment, Fiona. And I'm like, on the so, horn. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can't imagine anybody waking up one day and say, I really, really, really want to play the French horn. No. Is, no. is it one of these things? Because I know that my children, my son, when he was in school, they were doing the picking an instrument. Um, they picked out kids who they thought might have potential, so they offered them um, lessons. Yes. And he got landed with the double bass. Oh. <laughs> but the reason why, the, do you know how they chose what children got what instrument was? Whoever could carry the double bass up and down the floor, this was in primary school. Oh my goodness. Was the one who got the double bass because so he had to bring you go. it home. <laughs> so the double bass, I can tell you, didn't last very long in my house. But anyway. Oh gosh. Well, <laughs> Actually, it was a little bit of that when it came to the French horn yeah. with me. <laughs> I really wanted to play an instrument, and I thought, you know, I would like to play the flute. I thought the flute the would flute suit me. Much more. Yeah, yes. it would suit me. I was the smallest child in the Sacred Heart. In one of my first weeks there, we had a whole school photograph, and they lined us up in height order, and then they marched us out. And I was the last, the very last first year, and the older girls were all, aww, <laughs> as I came onto the platform. I was the tiniest child in the school, and I was landed we had an audition for who was going to get chosen for an instrument and I went into the room and um, the teacher said there's a space in the orchestra for a French horn if you pick up the French horn you'll get into the orchestra straight away I was like that was it sold so I was like oh well, I'll do the French horn and my teacher Jim Watts he he wrote out a, a finger chart for the notes that I would need for the orchestra hadn't a clue could hardly make a sound out of the thing 
and um, off I went to the orchestra three weeks after starting the instrument <laughs> and I was able then to go as part of the music service orchestras on a Saturday morning after three weeks as well so I went off every Saturday morning and it was great crack I mean I was terrible at the French horn but I loved the crack and, and you found your You'd found your people. As yes, in. yeah, <laughs> great friends. I made such good friends in the orchestra and people that I'm still friendly with now. So I enjoyed every minute, even though I wasn't exceptionally talented at the French horn. <laughs> Did you get to do any singing then as well? Yes. So with obviously within the school choir and then um, I auditioned for the Ulster Youth Choir, which is now the National Youth Choir of Northern Ireland. And I performed with them. And as well as all my own solo stuff, this ensemble was the National Youth Choir of Northern Ireland, Ulster Youth Choir, and their chamber choir. So we um, had they had section leaders for that, and I was the soprano section leader. Where that is just where they pick somebody from um, each section of the choir to kind of act as a leader, and um, suppose between the the staff and the pupils or the students, and. Um, I got to do that and that provided so many opportunities because we got to go on then and perform in the proms at the Royal Albert Hall and for that me... That must have been amazing. Yeah, it, it was an amazing experience. My, my little sister Rachel, she was also in that choir and that experience for me was, right, this is what I want to do. For the rest I of my life. I remember standing yeah. in the Albert Hall and my mum and dad flew over to see us and they were so proud. I mean, I was a dot on stage with about, I don't know, a thousand singers. Yeah. For me, that was a really special moment. So that was that was it. What decided. age were you then? I was about um, seventeen. Right. And I knew then. I was like, yeah, this is this is what I want to do. You know, I, I loved it. And um, yeah, that was it. <laughs> the bug was bitten, yeah. and I um, then with that same organisation, they invited me back um, a year or two later to um, be like an assistant section coach for the training choir which is the choir below the one that I was in yeah and then um over the years I've kind of just worked my way up or wiggled my way in and now I am the soprano coach for both the national youth choir training choir and their main choir so that's what I do now and this summer I'll be going to work with them again so I've kind of come full circle within that organization you know at the very bottom in the training choir and now I am the, the person that's teaching all of these kids so yeah I love it. I absolutely love it. And for me, the performance thing, yes, I really did enjoy that. But now I get so much more of a buzz out of teaching. And when I, when I see my, my students performing on the stage, for me, that, that gets my adrenaline going. And I'm so nervous for them because there's nothing that's beyond my control and I can't yeah. do anything. But when I see them getting up and perform, I, I think, oh my goodness, I have made a difference in that person's life or you know, they're enjoying what they're doing. That for me is my performance buzz yeah. now. And I do get to perform. I am very lucky. I perform with many groups with Sistina. Um, they're all professional choral ensembles. Um, Sistina, Chamber Choir Ireland, all of these groups. I love performing with them and that's Do they great. approach you and ask you to yes. do so things? Sistina actually was formed from that concert in the Royal Albert Hall the section coaches so myself and another guy Aaron O'Hare we um, came together and we said we have enjoyed this process so much is there you know a possibility that we could you know form something together to give us more performance opportunities and Aaron approached his singing teacher Mark Chambers 
and um, an amazing guy and he formed a group called Sustina and we started in Christchurch in Derry and we travelled up and down every single day for the week and then we did a, a performance at the end of the week and now Sustina has just boomed and last week I was in London recording their first album so wow. we've been in in the making for 10 years so we've, I've been performing Sustina for 10 years and it's gone from a tiny tiny you know, group of people who just wanted to perform to a huge organisation where Sustaina now actually has the next generation, where they have a group of young singers who are training to do what we, what we're, what we are doing. Um, so they've got an education-based programme as well as all the performance. So, yeah, but that's kind of the, the relationship I have with Sustaina. With other groups, then, it stems from that where... They need a soprano and somebody says, oh, Fiona Flynn, I recommend her and they phone yeah. you and do a good job and maybe they'll phone you again. Yeah. <laughs> so I've been really lucky. So it's lucky. just your name precedes you then? Yeah, I've been lucky. Well, it's, it was hard I suppose there aren't that many um, <coughs> sopranos, you know. Oh, there are. From. Are there? Thousands. Really? <laughs> thousands and thousands. There's so many and there's so many talented people. It really is. It's about, you know, well, it is about hard work, but being in the right place at the right time and just the more connected you are. Well, that's the more it. work you're going to get. So, yeah, that was all all part of my, you know, my path and my university, you know, choices where I was going to go from Belfast to Dublin. Then I ended up in Glasgow. Yeah, you ended up in Glasgow. You did a... Yeah. Uh, um, I did a master's. Master's there, yeah. yeah. I did a master's in vocal performance at the Royal Conservatoire in Glasgow. Yeah. I had the most amazing time there. Is it difficult to get into somewhere like that or is it just because of your... You know all the stuff you've done before so is no it... for universities they don't they don't care who you are or where you're from it's all about it's just about your grades yeah well about your audition on the day about your audition yeah so um i remember glasgow wasn't even on my radar to be honest i i wanted to go and do a master's and i had in my head that i wanted to go to wales and um i applied for glasgow and i applied for wales and manchester and london and Glasgow was I'd my say London is very expensive to live in though. Oh That's absolutely, the problem, yeah. yeah. I Glasgow was my very first audition and I, I flew over and as soon as I walked into the conservatoire I just felt, Oh my goodness, I think this place is for me. And something just clicked and I wasn't even expecting to get through the first round, to be honest. <laughs> and I went in and I performed and the lady What's said, it like? Is it really nervous when you're standing there? Is, is it like butterflies? And Yes. Well, the experience actually was, was much different to what I expected. Um, it was a little bit like X Factor kind of panel. Yeah. <laughs> the very first round wasn't. I'm it just was... envisioning fame. You know, you know the <laughs> yes. movie fame where they're all <laughs> yeah. sitting there. And it's, like... it's not that far removed from that, to <laughs> yeah. be honest. Um, so the first, the first round is in a... It was a small room and it's quite dark and... I walked in and there was two people sitting there and you perform your pieces and she said to me at the end oh thank you for performing and thanks very much for coming today and the tone that she said it I was like oh great I'm not getting through yeah, thanks very much for coming, <laughs> coming is always you know. like yeah <laughs> so um she said go you can go down to the front desk now and they'll let you know if you need to stay so I, I kind of you know shimmy down to the front desk thinking oh that was my day in Glasgow I've had a, had a nice time anyway but Oh well, never mind. It was the first audition, and I got down, and they they'd sent it down through an iPad. The the results. Yeah, the results. Yeah. So the girl was sitting there, and she said, "Oh yes, they want to see you again." And I was like, "Oh, I was kind of shocked. I wasn't expecting it at all." Yeah. And um, got through. It was four rounds. So the same day, 
the, I just kept getting through the rounds. And then the more I got through, the more I really wanted to get a space. Like I really wanted to be there. Nice. The more time I spent there and I got to the final round, which was um, a scholarship audition. And I, when I came out of that audition, I, I, I really didn't know, you know, have I got a place, have I not? And I, then after that, it was a waiting game. And I remember sitting, teaching a pupil in Rufryland um, one Friday and the phone went and a notification came up from the Royal Conservatory of Scotland and I opened it and I screamed in the middle of the <laughs> lesson. I could not believe that I had been offered a place. So I was thrilled. Yeah. And then I went to... What the, year was that? That was... No, hold on. Let me think. I finished 2000 and... That was... I went to the Conservatory in 2013. So this was the previous Christmas. Right. So 2012. Yeah. And... Um, I went to the other auditions then in Manchester, Wales and London, knowing that I had already got a place yeah. in Glasgow. It's probably a lot more relaxed. Yeah, I was. I, you know, it really made me feel calmer about the whole situation. And I'm doing a little bit more confident, I suppose, in that I've got a place somewhere. Yes. So I know I can go somewhere next yeah. year. And I went to those other auditions, um, yeah, a little bit more confident, obviously nervous. Yeah. And um, I was really fortunate to be offered places in all four of the places well, that I went to. But that must be really affirming. You, you know, know, yeah, I was so delighted. But that kind of left me in that position where I don't know where I'm going to choose. Because Wales was on my radar. It was the very last audition that I went to. And after my audition, I got snowed in at the airport in Wales and I was stuck there. And I ended up getting... So this is like the face. Yeah, is... I ended up getting a train to London and... Um, I was doing a concert in, in London a few days later, so I stayed there for a few days and then I came home. And that tra- that plane getting cancelled in London, or in Wales, getting snowed in, I don't know, that just kind of set me off. I, I actually don't think I'm going to go to Wales. Because yeah. <laughs> I knew I was going to be travelling back at the weekends to teach my pupils at home. How did you so, fit in all the time for all the It was crazy. When I look yeah. back now, I was absolutely mental to do that. Yeah, would you not have decided, right, well, I'm going to put the, the teaching on hold for a bit and, yeah. you know, and focus on... Well, you know. the reason why I was going to Glasgow, it was a, a vocal performance, so it was performance masters, but I wanted to be the best that I could be, and I wanted to, you know, be educated by the best people, and my plan was always, I love the teaching so much, and I had, you know, this has been going on, my plan was always to come home and, and teach, you know, or, or open some sort of school here, but I wanted to get the best education I could so that I could pass that on to my pupils. I wanted to be as well connected as I could for myself, obviously for different concerts, but also for my pupils. Yeah. So that was my reason in going to do a master's in the first place. So I didn't want to give up the teaching because when I was finished the two years, I was going to be coming back. And doing it anyway. So you need one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I had built up, you know, maybe 15 students or so, and they'd begun to be entered for, um, Feshes and that and the waiting list grew a little and then when I came back from Glasgow I finished there and I didn't want to go on and do any more study I wanted to come home and be with Richie my now husband and open up a school so I came home in 2015 and I opened Flynn Performing Arts and the waiting list was long enough whenever I came home so I was able to contact all those pupils and say I'm home now in Uri I'm going to be teaching full-time yeah and within about two weeks I was at my absolute maximum capacity and it has stayed that way ever since I opened so I am so grateful for all the students that I have and for all those who are interested in being a part of the school 
I know I'm, I'm really I'm, I'm very proud of what we have achieved in, in the time that we have in such a short space of time but I'm so proud of my, all my students mm. and I'm really lucky and I've got such support from my own family but also the parents of the students that I have they're so supportive and if I you know need anything or when it comes to concerts or shows they're always there to help me out and they're offering their support or anything they can do I'm just so fortunate yeah with everyone that I have there so I love every minute of it you speaking of yeah your your students you've you had I know success <clears throat> you're saying you know you're proud of all of them and it isn't about but you do have an awful lot of students that come out of there that go on to do huge yeah. things like for example I'm going to talk about like Sophie Lennon right now yes, she's just yeah. she got to the final of the junior Eurovision, Eurovision yeah. and at the same time she debuted on Broadway oh yeah in the West End in the West End yeah well Broadway the West, <laughs> the West End <laughs> That'll be next. But, um, <laughs> I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will, yeah. yeah. But she debuted in the West End. She's only, what, 11, She's 11, 11 years, years of age? Yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah, Sophie is just, you know, one of very a lot of very many talented students, but she has been really lucky and she is so talented and hardworking. Yeah, I've and heard her singing. She's a beautiful yeah, singer, yeah. She's fabulous for 11 years old and um, she just has such, you know, soul and such power in her voice and she is like a sponge. She really wants to soak up everything that she can and she listens to everything and that's why she's so successful she works so hard and her family are so supportive so Sophie she auditioned um, amongst 5,000 other people for Junior Eurovision at first it was a, a tape audition and then she went down the, through all the rounds and she made it right through to the final three yeah. um, to represent Ireland and um, she was fabulous, absolutely fabulous. And she did herself proud and she gave the performance of a lifetime. She really did. And she enjoyed every minute of it. And then just all at the same time, she um, she's a member of Stagebox training um, in London. And they are a training school for, you know, child stars in the West End. And she she's actually there. She's in Birmingham this week. How do, they, um, how do they get involved in things like that if yeah, they're here? If you're yeah, here, send you? them for auditions. So yeah. um, there's another... There's a few of the students actually who have auditioned. I had seven students last year audition and were successful for Stagebox. So that is, um, they just send off an audition because of COVID, it's, it has been video audition. Yeah. And they run training programs where they run on school holidays. So it's four weeks, so Halloween, Easter, and two in the summer. And the, the children fly over and they do like a week's training with industry professionals, but it's just all about, you know, getting them more experience. And when they're over there in that atmosphere, they're, they're among children who are starring currently in Matilda or School of Rock or in Frozen. There's two of the young cast in Frozen. They're working with these children all the time and they're meeting people who are, you know, are interested in the same things as they are. And it's just a really good platform for them, you know, outside of Newry. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Newry's fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a Newry girl. Yeah. But, um, and there are so many opportunities in Newry, but it's, you know, there's, there's people like that. It's widening their horizons. Yeah, who want to go on and do, yeah. do more. So there were seven of them last year who were lucky enough to be involved in that. And then there's two currently this year, Sophie and um, another student, Claire Keeley. And they are currently training with Stagebox as well. And that provides so many more opportunities for that for performance in London yeah and on the bigger stages so the West End performance for Sophie has has come through that and she performed in Children of Eden and 
How did I, it go for her? I saw that she was having her debut, yeah. Yeah, it was amazing. I was there on oh, the debut you, day. Were you invited? Um, proud? No, I, I bought a, bought a ticket. I was so <laughs> proud. And I went over with my sister, Rachel. My sister, Rachel, lives in London. So she met me and we went off to see Sophie. And I was proud as punch watching her on stage doing her thing. And she, her face, she was just beaming from start to end. And the composer, Stephen Schwartz, was in the audience. He's the composer of Wicked. And um, it was a star-studded cast. So for her debut to be, you know, amongst those people, she had the time of her life, and it was an amazing experience for her. And, and that's I was her so foot proud, in the door as well, absolutely. Yeah. And I'm sure, you know, whenever they're looking for child performers again, she now has experience yeah. on the West End stage. She's and got her CV. Yeah, you know, she's building it all up. So. Yeah, she's been, um, she's a dream student to work with. <laughs> is, there, is there ever a danger now? You think of, you know, these, these young, very young children and they're going out of the big wild world of, of the entertainment industry. Do you, is there ever a danger of them? You know, you see child stars that, you know, fall by the wayside or yeah. either either not working out for them or that affecting them badly because they're so young, you know what I mean? Yes, because you've yeah. basically been put into an adult world of um, your, a job, a career, you know, yes. at such a young age. Yeah. Is there is there any way of keeping their like feet keeping on the ground? Grounded. Yeah. Well, the girls that I have that have had those big experience so far, their families are so supportive. But they number one thing for them, yes, they love singing and musical theatre and dancing and all the rest of it. The number one thing is their school education. Yeah. Which is so important, and I would never allow any of my students to you know to leave education to do something like that for the likes of Sophie and Claire and all those other pupils who have had that, you know, professional experience. They're all still in school, working hard, getting their homework done. And for Sophie, she made her debut in the West End on a Sunday. And on Monday morning, she was back in Sacred Heart Grammar School yeah. at the books. And um, she's her head, head in the books. She actually wants to do medicine. <laughs> she's decided she's like an ambitious young lady. A young age. A hard worker, yeah. Yeah. But and that's what it takes, I suppose, is just to have that hard work at, at yes. whatever it is you choose to do. Yeah. I mean, if they choose to go on whenever they're finished their GCSEs or A-levels, if they choose to go on and do musical theatre, that's absolutely great. And they're going to colleges to do that. But it's so important that obviously they finish their education before they go off and do that. And you can have professional experience as a child, but you still have to, you know, get your GCSEs and A-levels because if it does all, you know, fall to the fall to the side, at least they have that to, to come back to. And you know what? And I always think that as long as you're happy and yeah. you're happy in what you're doing, that's what's important. So yeah. if they're happy performing and they want to, after the GCSEs, go off and do that, well, great. Yeah. So as long as you're happy in life, that's the main thing. Get ready to shake up summer with the Get Active ABC Sunshine Fill Programme for kids and families. Get set for land-based adventure at our summer schemes, or why not get adventurous and maybe get wet at our Splashtastic Water Sports Summer Programme. There are so many things to do, and all we need is you. See getactiveabc.com summer for all the details.
I know you said now your your husband is chairman of Carcuffin. My dad is. Yes. You're sorry. <laughs> yeah, my dad, dad is chairman yeah. of Carcuffin, and your husband is involved in football. He too. is yeah. heavily involved in who, football. Who's he, who's he involved with his Carcuffin as well? No, he's not. Oh, I oh married God. a dying man. Okay. So we're Armagh people in our house. Oh, that's good because <laughs> this is for Armagh. But we do, yes, we do allow some down people yeah. as well. <laughs> what club is he involved and with? He's involved with Strever. Oh, his So he's a server. So he was their secretary for a few years, and now he does uh, PRO for them. So but Richie um, Reynolds. He is Richie Reynolds. Yeah. Richie, yeah. yeah. Um, so he's a dying man. So when I started going out with Richie, my brother was not impressed. <laughs> dying man. But, you know, Richie wiggled his way in in our house, and um, oh, they, he's, his nickname in our house is Saint Richie. Putting up with me. <laughs> <laughs> But I was going. To, what I was going to ask you, in, um, pertaining to that, I suppose, was: Do you ever come across any cushy parents? Because I'm talking. My, I'm just thinking about you know the sideline of football matches where you have probably not so much in soccer. It's probably more in GAA, and I know Richie's involved in both. Yeah. But um, do you ever come across? Now I know you're not going to tell me <laughs> cushy parents, but you must. You must in your line of work come across parents who are trying to push their children who maybe aren't as enthusiastic as they are well <laughs> I know exactly what you mean I actually I am honestly I'm saying this completely honestly I don't have a single pushy parent of all the people that I teach the students want to be there and they enjoy being there and yes their parents are supportive but I've never ever had a parent you know who wants their ch- the child to do this this and this and the child's not fit for it I've never I've never had that I suppose it's my it's my job to make sure that the child is is able to do it and be the best that child can be so that's my job and yeah. um, the parents are really supportive of that and I'm really lucky so far I haven't had any any complaints you from parents had to, or, you haven't had to shove any parents out the door I've never had that your, my child I'm looking after your child now go away and don't yeah. <laughs> I've never had that and yeah. I, I have watched that series I'm sure you've watched it it's, it's pretty awful dance moms were you well, I have heard I've heard of it, yes. Oh my goodness, they would cut each other's tutus and Is cut an each American other's thing? Like, Oh my goodness, like I have I've never seen anything like that. And I mean there's so much music going on here in Uri and there's Uri Fesh and Warren Point Fesh and the the atmosphere like that just doesn't exist here. Yeah. The, all the students are so supportive of each other. And I think the good thing about my school is that all the students here are friends. Yeah, and they love working together. And it's a small enough area that yeah. you're dealing with that they know each other. You know what I mean? That they would. Yeah. A lot of them would know each other outside of. Oh, absolutely. School yeah. anyway. So. Yeah, it's the whole mix of schools, and we come together to do group performances, and they all meet each other, and they're friends with each other, and then that kind of you know competitive side just it, it's not there. They're yeah. all, you know, oh they're going to see so and so performing, and oh she was brilliant. Oh I love that song. I would love to try that song. I don't have that, you know, real competitive side. Yeah. Well, my, my daughter did New Point this year for the first time. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, she absolutely, talk about being bitten by the bug. She absolutely <laughs> adored it. it. But she, th- that was the one thing. It was coming home every day. And I never saw anybody who was just so excited to go the next day yes. during the summer. Um, but she said, like, they, they all, and they're still friends now. And they'll all yeah. go back next year. But made this group of friends yeah. that were... I suppose when they, they find a common theme that they're all, all interested in yeah. the same thing, but they're so supportive of each other. Yes, I found yeah. that I was wor- a bit concerned about yeah. 
No, we don't. But it we don't really like seem that to have that here. Yeah. yeah, even with hearing Music Society and Bosco Drama Group yeah. and the panto players on New Point, it's not that click. It's not you know, it's not very clicky. Everyone is welcoming and yeah, open to whoever wants to be there, and everyone just gets on and gets on. And the number one priority is putting on the performance, and it's great that they're all friends. But that just that competitive side I I just don't I don't see it yeah so which is great and long may it continue how do you feel about um, reality TV shows like you know The Voice and yeah and that kind of thing because do, do you think that has potential to turn people into much more yeah I mean a lot of those shows like The Voice and um, Britain's Got Talent Britain's Got Talent or the X those kind of shows um, it's great for if you audition and you get through obviously that's fabulous but a lot of those shows, they're not real. You know, yeah. it's re- reality television. I, I mean, it's its all fake. And I actually had a friend who was on Britain's Got Talent and was scouted from the very, you know, from the very I start. I heard about this because I just interviewed yeah. somebody who was on Dancing with the Stars. Yeah. And he was on Britain's Got Talent as well. Yeah. And he said the same thing. They were lucky that their dance group did get through they weren't but they said that they, they know way in advance that yes, they're who they, they have get yeah. it is really like TV. but then again I was just reminded of um, Jessie Buckley you know our oh yes she's yes, such a yes. fabulous Irish actress she was in yeah. Chernobyl she was actually on Graham Norton the other night because she's in some new film but she started off in um, there was one a number of years ago an Andrew Lloyd Webber um, when he oh, was yes. trying to find the next Nancy. Nancy, for, yes. I, I yeah. loved that show. It was yeah. brilliant. But she came second in it. Yeah. But she um, she came out of that and she seems like a very grand person. So I suppose yes. it isn't always but, the case. Yeah, there are. Exactly. There are, you know, real stories that do come through shows like that. But a lot of the but ones the that you majority, see yeah. on the, te- the television, they're all about producing a good show. And a lot of the, a lot of those those stars that you see on that have been scouted which is it's fine you know but as well as that not even that it's like when it's over i mean yeah. i know i used to watch britain i used to watch um, the x factor all the time i gave up after about the 500 million season because i got bored of it yeah you know the formula becomes very old at some yes, point yeah but um i always said right you'd be really really gunning for whoever you want to win I would never in a million years have bought a record of any of those. I know. Yeah, or left the phone to vote. (laughs) Or left to the phone to vote. Yeah. You know, three weeks later, their history, they're forgotten about most of them. I mean, obviously a few of them go on to be huge. Yes. But um, very rarely. Yeah, there are some real success stories. But, I mean, that you're flung into, you know, high profile straight away. And that's not a sustainable career. You know, a a lot of the pupils are people who want to go on and do this as a career it's hard work and it's a tough slog and you've got to be in it for the long run yeah and those those kind of shows might you know accelerate the fame but I mean you're not really in it for the fame a lot of the students are doing but it because that's they, the thing. they love doing it it's not just because they want to be famous it's yeah. because they want to be on stage because they get a good buzz from being there it's not about you know oh I want you know to be signing autographs it's not really yeah. what it's about and that is the, the key thing because yeah. shows like The X Factor and everything or any of those sort of reality shows, they, they you'll, you'll find younger children like saying, right, I want to be famous. Yes. And if you go in there with that idea from the start, if no, you do anything wrong. because you want to be famous, then it's just never going to work. No, definitely not. I absolutely anyway. agree. Yeah. yeah. It's not about the fame. <laughs> it's hard work. Yeah. <laughs> and you mentioned earlier about um, teaching children with you know disabilities. And I know you do a lot of charity work as well. Like a lot of your stuff is yeah. for charity. But... Um, Back to the the um, children with 
disabilities or with you know any you know autism or anything like that yeah how do you find music and teaching them helps yeah. I don't have a lot of students um, who have disabilities but um, I have taught people who um, have been have had some sort of disability and for them music it's amazing to see how it impacts on their life and there was one student I had in particular who had a really um, a really bad speech impediment and whenever um, we started singing it went away that's amazing it went away and it was amazing and it was all because of their breath flow and the flow of the air which was what was stopping the sound which was causing the speech impediment and whenever they, they sang it just it disappeared and whenever we stopped singing the student was able to have a conversation and the speech impediment was gone did it go permanently or was it over the years just... it has become less and less and less to the, King's to the fact that you would hardly know that the speech impediment was there that's incredible so for me to see music you know having that sort of impact on somebody's life and it's for singing in particular it's amazing and although i have no personal experience i have you know watched many documentaries on you know how um, children who are non-verbal or who are have severe disabilities how music you know impacts on them and i think that is fascinating yeah you know something that i would i would love to know more about yeah but i don't i just that's I'm the next hour in the day yeah but <laughs> so, you know i'm always trying to find new things yeah, uh, yeah yeah educate myself you know and it's i think it's something that i would i'm interested in you know and the music psychology and you know what goes on what the mind is thinking whenever we're performing and um, it's just something that's interesting yeah it's something that I'd be interested in learning more about yeah and how was lockdown for you in terms of teaching I mean oh. obviously you have to do everything <laughs> online yes and I'm sure it couldn't possibly be the same but you managed to put on an absolutely incredible um, concert, concert. <laughs> yeah. yeah you got them all in a zoom and you into you you, you take them all individually yeah and, so and um, that was a nightmare <laughs> it was fantastic <laughs> it was it was worth it the lockdown well the very first lockdown I didn't do anything because it was all new and I wasn't sure what was going on and I had this three-week-old baby in the house and I thought this is crazy so and um, the second lockdown we had zoom lessons and I didn't even have a clue what Zoom was. Oh, and yeah, I joined the club. Number one thing <laughs> on my list. So Zoom, and um, we had Zoom we're lessons. We're all experts in Zoom now. Yeah, and they were hard. They were hard um, because of the time delay. Um, usually in the room, I would play for my students and they sing and, you know, then we chat about what, what had just happened. But I couldn't do that because I couldn't play the piano for them in my house and them sing in their house because of the delay. It sounds like we were totally not in sync. So I ended up recording accompaniments for all my students, sending them through, and then they played them on their another device, on a speaker or whatever, and performed. So they were able to have some sort of accompaniment. Um, the Zoom lessons, actually, they weren't completely awful. I mean, they definitely weren't as good as in person, but um, it was better than nothing. Yeah. And um, then I came up with the crazy idea. Uh, biannually, we do a, an end of year concert for charity every year. And we've raised £30,000 so far since our That's formation. fantastic. So I didn't want there not to be a concert. And that was the year that there was to be a concert. And I thought, right, am I crazy? I'm going to do a virtual concert. So I phoned the accompanist 
Danny O'Neill. I said, what do you think? And he's like, yeah, go for it. That was all what I needed to hear. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> yeah, go for it. So I sent out tracks. I had guide tracks for all my students to sing along with me. Um, they recorded their parts. I merged it all together. So everyone was in, you know, in time. Um, I merged it all together and I had, we had about two hours worth of material and it was solos and duets and the boys did a few pieces and then the whole group. And it turned out really well. And, you know, we had a premiere, we premiered it on YouTube and the students were all so excited. And on the day of the concert, I mean, I was having kittens because the thing wouldn't upload to YouTube the night before. I sat up all night trying to get it uploaded and eventually it went and I was nearly sick. I thought I've spent weeks on this and no one's going to see it. The students aren't even going to see their own work. But thankfully it uploaded and on the day of the concert, I was in the house and the doorbell went and I went outside and all of my students were standing outside the front of my house in the pouring rain with presents and cake and all things that at the end of a normal concert, they're so, they're so kind. At the end of a normal concert, they would bring up a gift or flowers and they brought that to the door for the virtual concert and I was so touched by that. I was like, oh my goodness, they were, they're so thoughtful, they really were and they stood outside in the rain and cheered and they were so excited for this virtual concert and it was a huge success and the concert raised 5,000 pounds. So it was, I'm really glad that we did it. It was amazing. Yeah. And it's something that's always there. You know, yeah. it's still on YouTube for anybody who wants to watch it. Yeah. But it's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. And they did so well. And for them to do that virtually was really incredible. And But they so would have much loved work. it too because it was yeah. something for them to do as well. You know, Well, I think like, the idea at the start, they were so excited. But I think, you know, when they were on take 50 and they yeah. were getting it wrong. <laughs> I was sent some of the outtakes. Well, they were absolutely hilarious. You could make a movie. <laughs> <laughs> we had an outtakes at the end of the concert. It must have been about 10 minutes long. And that was only the highlights that we did it. <laughs> so funny. But they all enjoyed it. They did yeah. enjoy it. And although it was a tough slog, sitting at the computer with, you know, a few months old, baby, it was hard work. But, um, no, it definitely was worth it. But I'm glad now this year we'll back, back to normal. To normal. Fingers crossed. Are you back to normal now? We are back to normal. As as much as normal can be. Yeah. yeah. I'm back teaching in school and I mean the screens are up and the masks are on, but we're in the same room and that's, that's important, the important and that's thing. yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're back in the same room and everyone's back at their lessons in the studio at home and fingers crossed we'll have a normal year this year with the fesh is back on in person, not yeah. virtual. And the concert hopefully May or June time this year will be back in person with a live audience. Have you got uh, Have you got it in mind of what you're doing and all? We haven't yet. I've okay. got ideas. All the ideas Watch are stored in my head. And um, we have. Do started. you come up with this all together yourself? Like, yeah, you the idea. Oh my God. Yeah. So, I mean, the students will say, "Oh, please, can we do this? And please, can we do that?" I mean, some of the requests are ridiculous, but um, like. Oh God, they'll come up with, you know, can we do the Lion King in full costume? And I'm like, no, yeah. <laughs> we're on the budget here. Um, the costumes, it's the costumes really dictate what we do. You know, some of the costumes, I, I would love to do something like that, but um, the, it really dictates on what is actually possible. And yeah. of course, we've got to be realistic in what the students can do right now. I don't want to be giving them anything that's too big yeah. and ruining their voices. Um, I think it's really important, you know, to look after their own vocal health. But they, they always have great crack. We rehearse on a Sunday and um, haven't started back those group rehearsals yet. 
So I am up to my eyes at the minute producing Billy Elliot oh. um, here. So whenever that's over, we'll that's for, start Where's that. that for? St. Coleman's College oh, right. in Uri. So that, that's our first like real thing back in person. They put on great shows. Yeah, I was really lucky. Two years ago, um, we my did son was West Side Story. Oh, your son went to St. Coleman's? Yeah, yeah, he was in uh, Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that was just before my time there. So West Side Story was my first one in St. Coleman's. I had been the singing teacher there for six years. So that was my first um, production that I'd been involved in and with um, Sinead Frame. That was, that was my son's. Uh, he was in the choir. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't do it anymore. Probably like, like third year, he was like, "No, I'm not really in the choir anymore." Yeah. Was, I love hearing those boys with their beautiful voices of angels. Oh, yeah, the, the boy choirs the boys are, just are amazing. Just, amazing, they really are, and they work so hard. So with Sinead and my mother-in-law, Leo Reynolds, is the choreographer. I know Leo too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, we, West Side Story we, we did together and now we are doing Northern Irish premiere of Billy Elliot. Brilliant. So that is... Have you got your principal dancer? Oh, we have. And he's absolutely fantastic. Owen Drum. He is a superstar. He is second year, second year student. And um, he's actually one of my students at Informing Arts. And he is fab. Yeah. And um, the show, oh my goodness. I was very stressed at the start of this week, but... We've had three days now in the college with the boys and they have girls from surrounding schools as well and it's coming together we have a show we did a our first run yesterday so it the bones of it's there so it's polishing Brilliant. up now over the next couple of weeks and it's something it's so exciting at the start whenever we had to go ahead to do the, the show i was thinking well i don't know whether it'll happen but the learning process will happen and they'll get a lot out of that and the children have been so excited to be in a rehearsal room together and actually perform something after you know 18 months of nothing yeah or performing to their own camera at home they're in a room with everyone else and the learning process has been fab and i've enjoyed every minute of it even the ones where i'm turning my hair out (laughs) (laughs) but we're getting there and it's a really difficult show but for our play to st coleman's for you know putting their best foot forward and saying no we're going to we're going to go for it and I think it's a really important part of the education of the boys in that school like you know every year they're getting a, a show and the principal of the Coleman's is so supportive of music and the arts yeah he's a fantastic man and he was like no I'm not going to deny the boys the opportunity COVID or no COVID well they look the show will go on yeah they really do and absolutely mean, yeah, do. it's something that, you know extracurricular that they, they, something different that they you know anybody's involved in it yeah absolutely so it's been a learning process for me and for the boys and for the girls involved but we are nearly there we're nearly at the finish line yeah so fingers crossed in a couple of weeks we'll have our opening night so hopefully things will work out (laughs) but they've worked so hard and they deserve for the show to go on and for people to see all the work that they've been doing so it's been great it's been really good good experience for everyone involved there Last question. <laughs> is there ever any, can anybody sing? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Do you ever have people that, are, that come to you, they want to sing and they're tone deaf and they don't even know that they can't sing? Is there, what do you do in that scenario? Or? That has actually happened. <laughs> so I had a student, now before I started teaching, I always thought there are people in this world that are tone deaf. My brother being one of them. And I apologies always, to <laughs> brother if he's listening. Yeah. <laughs> I always thought Barry is as 
on the musical as myself and my sister. But Rachel does he know are musical. that he can't sing? Oh yeah. Okay. But he because knows some people think that they can sing, but they actually can't. Yeah. And they don't. No. He he knows that he can't, but he knows the words of every song, like every song, every word of every song, and he gets up and he'll perform. And fair play to him. But there's music in Barry. He he can't sing, but there definitely is, and there's rhythm. And his two boys. Well, he's three boys now. One is just three weeks old. But um, there's music in the boys. So there there's definitely something there. Barry he didn't sing. Um, but he did sing the loudest at parties, but he can't sing. But I had a, a student then who came and when I played a note on the piano, they couldn't pitch it. And I was like, oh my goodness, I have never had anybody you know, like this before. That child was like my project. I, I am going to, you are going to sing. So um, every week it was, I found that um, it was easier to pitch from my voice than the piano. So some children actually have that they can't process the sound from piano into their own voice. So I, I, I sung the note and they were able to perform the note back. And after you know a couple of months, we got two or three notes in, in tune and then we got five notes. And I thought, right, we can do a song. We can sing a song. And that child now is doing a grade seven in singing and has got distinctions in every grade so far That's so it is definitely every single person can sing yeah. it just takes some people longer to process the pitch and match the pitch and it can be trained it absolutely can be trained so I do not believe that anybody in this world is tone deaf I think okay. everybody everybody can sing it just takes some people longer to latch on some people are gifted I mean yeah. born and open their mouth and it's pitch perfect and the tone is beautiful yeah and you know, have really show-stopping voices. And others, it just takes a, a while longer, but it definitely, everybody can sing. Including Barry. Including Barry. I just haven't got my hands on Barry yet. I don't think he, it would be cool for him to come to his sister for singing lessons. <laughs> definitely not. I don't know whether I could put up with that. <laughs> Sibling more. Okay, well that's brilliant, Fiona. Thanks a million for uh, chatting with us. Thanks very much. And that was really enjoyable and very Oh God, I hope didn't blather on and, too much. <laughs> and the best of luck um, with all of the um, projects that are upcoming, um, Billy Elias and um, whatever you, whatever show you decide to put on. With, um, with yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks very much. Thank you. All right. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed that chat. Fiona really was um, lovely to talk to, and it was really interesting hearing all about the projects that are upcoming and I hope they all do really well. Make sure to keep getting all of your news from Arma Eye and I hope you join us next time for our podcast. From the I don't know what to say. I'm just speechless. To the We see all sorts of life-changing moments at McKinney competitions. How would you react? Cars, houses, tech bundles and more from just £2 a ticket. No purchase necessary. For competitions, rules and conditions, see McKinneyCompetitions.com.